Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for uh, uh, this time that we can get together. And, uh, and, and, and this is uh, probably now going to be a time, a new normal for us, how we are going to engage and meet. Lord, I pray that would you prepare our hearts in the, in the midst of all this uh, changes happening and all these uncertainties happening that uh, one thing remains uh, uh, constant, that is you. One thing remains constant, that we find the sweet spot of coming and meeting you time and time again. Lord, I pray that as we hear the word today, our hearts and minds would not be distracted, would be uh, focused, laser sharp, focused on your word, and the word would capture a heart and mind. And uh, today's uh, word would uh, not leave us the same as we started um, this day. Lord, I pray for the instrument you use. The, the, the limitation of the instrument may not be a barrier for the word to be spoken now. Uh, clearly, the way Holy Spirit desires at once. In the name of Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, if you would have been to uh, those uh, hill trips, uh, you would uh, encounter uh, roadblocks and uh, things which are like uh, the road is... Uh, there's a big landslide and you can't go ahead. And then after a while, you will see the border road organizations or uh, these, uh, the local municipality, the hill uh, city, uh, hill town municipalities will come and they will clear off the road. And when you will see the uh, road being cleared off by those bulldozers and JCB machines, you would see that they have a sense of purpose and they, these power tools uh, would, would uh, really punish those uh, stubborn mounds uh, which are uh, lined up and they would just flatten them out and then there will be some potholes, they will fill them up so they will make the road smooth. Uh, the Church of Lord Jesus Christ is uh, something like uh, this road roller or this JCB machine. He's on the move and the purpose is quite clear and any obstruction which comes, any stubborn obstruction which comes, He's going to punish it and flatten it out as well. And uh, also, there will be uh, a time where uh, the power, uh, the purpose uh, and the power will be quite uh, clearly manifested as well. So you see three things uh, in today's word that uh, the purpose of Lord Jesus Christ cannot be frustrated. The power of Lord Jesus Christ cannot be contested. And the punishment of God cannot be avoided. We are in the middle of uh, the series in the book of Acts, and uh, we're calling this series Acts of Invasion. And uh, three things which we have seen uh, throughout this uh, whole book of Acts, that how does uh, God's word, how does God's kingdom uh, progress? It's by the presence of the Holy Spirit, by the presence of problems, and the presence of the missional heart of the disciples. And today, in this section, we will see chapter 11 and 12, uh, where uh, Peter comes back from uh, um, seeing, uh, witnessing a phenomenon which uh, they would have just thought of, that the Holy Spirit, the God's kingdom has penetrated, has invaded the Gentile world as well. And uh, that, that's where we see the purpose of God uh, not being frustrated, the purposes of God being fulfilled. And, um, and, and we pick this up in chapter 11. Peter and some of the disciples uh, return back to uh, 
Jerusalem from Caesarea, and uh, he uh, he has to come and meet the Jerusalem church, and he tells them that uh, you see what's happened. Uh, he tells them an account in a detailed manner. He tells them that uh, how he uh, got a vision, how uh, uh, he went to uh, Caesarea to Cornelius's home, who's a Gentile, and also us uh, from the army of Rome. And uh, he sat with them. He had uh, fellowship with them. And suddenly he witnessed the presence and the uh, outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the Gentile community. And they were um, brought into the kingdom. But something uh, familiar to you and me happens over there, which we have uh, seen and experienced. That uh, a sort of doubt, a sort of question, which comes up. And the, uh, the, 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 the Jews and uh, the, the believers in the Jew, uh, Jerusalem church, they rather take exception to Peter's acceptance of Cornelius' hospitality. Uh, they probably don't notice the work of the Holy Spirit, but they're more concerned about, okay, you went over there. What about the dietary restrictions? What about your purity? And uh, that, that's, uh, that's where the conversation goes. And uh, Peter in Acts eleven seventeen says, I'll, I'll read from 16. And I remember the word of the Lord, how he said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And obviously, Peter would have uh, seen uh, and heard a Lord Jesus Christ speak it to him. And then in 17, he says, if then God gave the same gift to them, like that's the Holy Spirit, uh, which they witnessed on the, the day of Pentecost in uh, chapter uh, uh, two, then uh, he says, if then God gave the same gift to them, that's the Gentile community, as he gave to us when we believed in Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could stand in God's way? And then he says, well, you can do all the questioning you want. I just come uh, as a humble uh, fisherman, believer of Lord Jesus Christ, disciple, and now appointed apostle. And on my uh, self, God has appointed the rod to uh, start the church. And I'm here. And uh, I just witnessed it that way. I'm a servant. And when I witnessed it, then I don't become anybody to stop the work of the Lord. And anyway, he would have uh, probably reminded them of Acts 1.8 also. The, the, the power of the Holy Spirit will come and the power uh, will give it, be given to them and they'll be witnesses in uh, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then of course to the ends of the earth. And the work has um, begun. The, the process of uh, the fulfillment of Acts 1.8 has uh, begun. And he says, there we are. And who am I to even stop that? Because I have heard Lord Jesus Christ speak to me. So uh, probably uh, that's where uh, you see uh, Acts 11.18 happening. When they heard uh, these things, they fell silent and they glorified God saying, then to the Gentiles also God has granted repentance that leads life. God uh, had uh, a covenant between himself and Abraham and his descendants and uh, their uh, specific identity marked for the Jewish uh, discriminating them or distinguishing them from the non-Jews with, with the mark of circumcision. But now uh, this differentiation is no more the criteria for them to worship Jesus, uh, God, the true God. The Holy Spirit becomes the mark for a believer now onwards to uh, be a criteria for being a true believer of Jesus Christ. 
whether it's in Jews, whether it's in uh, the Samaritans, whether in, it's in uh, uh, the Gentiles there, uh, whether it's in uh, the, whether it's in you and me over here. And that mark is uh, uh, th this particular meeting was important because that's where uh, Peter is telling them the purposes of God cannot be frustrated. Now here there is there are certain things to be noticed uh, uh, that that same uh, that uh, that thing which we always talk about uh, in letter and spirit. Uh, uh, how how are we doing in the discernment of the work of uh, Lord Jesus Christ? Discernment of the leading of the Spirit. Are we are we uh, so bound uh, by the rules and the direct uh, the the orders and the structures? that we uh, sort of at times forget that can, uh, can we not look out what God is wanting us to do? Because God had desired something uh, to be done in his uh, um, uh, vision uh, for uh, the kingdom expansion. And he did it. He was not frustrated. Uh, in Esther uh, 14, uh, 4, 14 also, he says, uh, whether you do it or not do it, I'm going to get my work done. And I brought you into this uh, kingdom for a time like this. So each one of you, you and me, have been given this a very important and a, a, a task and a duty by Lord Jesus Christ. And obviously, the leading has to be there from God's point of view, from his word, from our circumstances, uh, from the uh, godly men and women speaking into our life and uh, how God leads us. And I'm not saying we break down the rules and become uh, rebel, rebellious people and break down all the structures. The structures are there to help us uh, work and progress, um, uh, progress and work on God's uh, leading. So it's not the other way around. So I hope you and me uh, are not stifling the work of the Holy Spirit uh, through us. I hope we are not hiding behind uh, uh, the, the shadow of the rules uh, to find our safe and comfort spot over here rather than boldly going out. And uh, that's, that's there. And, and you see, if you notice, right when uh, Peter uh, witnesses to them what he uh, witnessed in Caesarea, they immediately accept. That means there was a huge trust between Peter and the people at Jerusalem. And uh, these are the two very significant questions which uh, we can ask uh, myself and yourself is that are we bound with the mindset of the rituals, peer pressure, are we limited uh, uh, because of our uh, uh, explored understanding of the word and uh, the explored understanding of God's experience in our life to see the full flow of the Holy Spirit and his work? If we are binding ourselves, if we are finding ourselves limited, then probably it is time for us to go back to the Lord and ask him to recast his vision in my and your life. Moving on. Uh, we see uh, that the church of Antioch uh, uh, grows and uh, Barnabas uh, in 1124, he has been called a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And a great many people were added to the Lord uh, because of Barnabas. Barnabas is now sent commission to go to Antioch. Antioch is a, a, a city which is like around 350-400 kilometers north north. Uh, uh, west of uh, Jerusalem on the uh, coastal side, and uh, and and uh, and then he uh, uh, goes over there, 
and he brings in much work happening over there and then he goes and recruits uh, uh, Paul uh, Saul uh, from Tarsus and uh, they they start the work and you see uh, the mighty work of God happening and then there's something very incredible uh, there is a prophet from Jerusalem Agabus he comes and he predicts uh, a famine and uh, these people uh, in Antioch it's it's uh, it's a church which has been uh, started by the people who ran away and uh, you can call it a church plant in Jerusalem now it's payback time for the daughter church to support its uh, parent church so they are trying to gather uh, funds to go back and uh, support uh, and and get, send back uh, uh, support to jerusalem you see uh, today we have uh, gone through the second wave and uh, we are already planning for the third wave and all those things in delhi uh, in the last one and a half month uh the churches of delhi got together and it was an incredible uh, like uh, you can label it whatever name I, it it is it doesn't have to be institutionalized or a name has to be given it is a church of delhi because we will be answerable as the church of the dcci church of ephesus church of delhi what did you do and uh, church of delhi got together and uh, we we started uh, not only worshiping the lord but manifesting that worship by serving the city with the given resources and uh, the probably uh, whatever we could the question to you and me brothers and sisters is are we moving ahead with the speed of trust and the holy spirit's obedience you see uh, your the trust which you and me have the stronger the trust which goes that's the second commandment love your neighbor the stronger stronger the tr- trust we grow into have with each other that will give us the speed of the movement of god's uh, kingdom uh, with, with with us uh, partnering together and you you could see that jerusalem church started and probably this is like the ninth or the seventh or the 10th year under a decade another church in antioch was planted and the church in antioch is now going to look after the parent church you see how quickly they got together and the trust level was a uh, 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 trust level came up and barnabas went and recruited paul and they're getting together and now they're coming to a point where they are um, moving at the speed of their trust i think uh, this is very important for us to remember the speed of the trust uh, if if we uh, uh, have this particular bonding in the churches of delhi you can just imagine how far we could go with what god already wants us to do in delhi or in north india or for this world so the first thing is uh, that god's uh, purposes are never ever frustrated the question is are we bound with our mindset or are we moving with the speed of the trust moving on uh, the second thing which we would see today is his power cannot be contested uh, peter peter is uh, now uh, the spotlight is on peter and uh, and and the and the main 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 character over here is herod herod uh, uh, gets hold of james and he gets uh, gets him killed by a sword and of course uh, a killing by the sword meant that uh, uh, the charges against james was uh, that uh, i moved on to chapter 12 now the charges against james was that he he was called a murderer and a, uh, an apostasy charge was put put out against him and probably this is uh, this is the time where uh, the prediction by lord jesus in mark 10 39 came true where jesus said you will also drink of the cup which i drink from and uh, james was uh, the first um, um, apostle martyr uh, 
are, uh, uh, if you would say so, followed by others. And, uh, and after James's mother, Herod uh, Herod uh, catch holders of Peter, and uh, he knew that this would please the Jews, and he imprisons uh, Peter. Now, in 12.5, you see something uh, interesting. Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. The word earnest over here means stretching yourself. It's like uh, uh, you when you exercise, uh, you sort of injure yourself because that's where you get the muscle mass grows. Uh, it's, it's like yearning, you're stretching yourself. And uh, the church was now praying for Peter. They were earnestly praying for him. And, uh, you know, in James uh, 5, uh, Verse 16, the word says, the effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish uh, powerfully and much. And that's exactly what is going to happen over here. So there's a lot of prayer being said for him and see what happens in verse 6. Now, this becomes quite interesting. Now, when Herod was about to bring him out on that very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and sentries before the door were guarding the prison. Peter. I don't know uh, what age is Peter at this point of time. Uh, he was older to Lord Jesus Christ. This is uh, probably uh, seven, eight, nine, ten years uh, after Jesus Christ. So he would have been uh, like, uh, if Jesus Christ uh, was alive, he would have been, uh, uh, sorry, if Jesus Christ was with them, he would have been probably 40 and Peter would have been like in his touching 50s. And he would have been a man past his prime now. And he's in uh, the jail and uh, a man passed his prime. Why would they bind him with chains and uh, around the clock uh, change of guards? And um, and I think they, they, there's some uh, humiliation also to Peter. He's been stripped of his clothes and all those. He's lying on this um, uh, bed. Uh, like he's, he's not uh, probably that he's just lying on the floor and the, the soldiers get time to change. And uh, Peter uh, would be just bound there. So he, he probably would be in a very uncomfortable state after every two hours, change, uh, chains being opened and then uh, locked with the other set of uh, guards and all those things happening. But you see what Peter is doing. Peter is sleeping. Peter is sleeping in this, uh, all this while. And uh, Peter would have now probably realized, uh, I think this is my last night. I'm done. But he's not fearful. Because you see, uh, Peter, what, what he does is when he writes uh, Peter, uh, when he writes his own letters in First Peter 5, 7, he says, cast all your anxiety upon him because he cares for you. And he has literally taken it. He has been literally inspired by this incident. Probably he would have been completely inspired by this incident. And I, I, I and this is something which you would say, well, it's a childlike faith. Exactly, exactly. You are in prison, almost stripped, uh, uncomfortable on the first uh, century uh, prison floor, and you're sleeping. And this incident would lead you to uh, shout out all over the world, cast all your anxieties on the Lord because he cares for you. And just see what happens next. In the seventh verse, you see, behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him and a light shone in the cell. He stuck Peter on the side and woke him up saying, get up quickly. And the chains fell off his hands. In fact, he was sleeping so soundly that the angel also had to kick him up, so do, uh, jab him, get up, man. And, uh, and then you see in verse uh, Eight, he says, and the angel said to him, dress yourself because he, of course, he was uh, stripped off and put on your 
sandals and he did so and he said to him wrap your cloak around you and follow me and he went out and followed him he did not know what was being done by the angel was a real but thought he was seeing a vision verse 10 when they passed the first and the second guard now these guards knew that uh, peter had uh, come out of prison and uh, herod was pretty uh, uh, serious about peter so they they would have been actually up and uh, alert but they, they were like they just let them out when they had passed the first and the second guard they came to the iron gate leading into the city it opened for them of its own accord and they went out and went along with one street and immediately the angel left him angel i think angel uh, these, these guys must be of the elite commando force they just come for the job finish the job no thank yous no niceties but gone and then 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 when uh, when when peter came to him he said now i'm sure that the lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hand of herod and from all that the jewish people were expecting and uh, and and you you see how how miraculously god brings him out the power of god cannot be contested and you see what the church is doing what lord's bride is doing uh, let's go to read what verse 12 when he realized this he went to the house of mary the mother of john whose other name was mark where many were gathered together and they were praying still praying i would like to share a message i'll, I'll put that message across to our groups later in the day this is a testimony which i received yesterday from uncle cb um, uh, uh, this is mrs amruta paul raj uh, uh, they are missionaries in pansi uh, district uh, this is uh, between uh, uh, lucknow and uh, gorakhpur closer to the nepal border and uh, they are from andhra and uh, they came as missionaries uh, some years back and uh, settled in pansi and uh, were serving over there uh mrs amrita paul raj she was a, she is a teacher there her husband uh, a missionary uh, had uh, was diagnosed with covid a couple of weeks back and she actually had given up on him she said i, I don't think so he's going to survive after that they came to fatehpur fatehpur is a small town uh, closer to lucknow in uttar pradesh in a mission uh, hospital they came over there and uh, i'll just read it out verbatim this this will make uh, this will make it quite clear what she says she says when he was diagnosed there at bansi to have covid with lung infection uh, she had no faith that means uh, she was like she had given up uh, he's going to survive whatever and she was quite fearful what's going to happen next because they have a small daughter and uh, three of them just a very young family but god extended five days of his life and brought us over here to fatehpur i would say it was to prepare me for this day and make me stand as a witness with courage when i was there i initially thought how will me and uh, my daughter uh, live without him for our life but today i am happy that god is going to take care of both of us uh, uh she is sending this message after her husband passed away he went to be with the lord and uh, the day he uh, went to be with the lord that the day before that she says yesterday was our marriage anniversary when i went to see my husband and wished him he was nodding his head and listening to me but today there would have been a great welcome there at heaven for him and here there is a great farewell happening for him in the hands of many god's people in this missionary land a simple a simple message from a lady of god 
nothing flashy about it. Simple message. She's just typing it. My husband always used to say me, we have to move forward in Christ. We should never look back. So now I'm not taking his body back to South and his burial will be happening here at UP among God's people. If we had been treated at a private hospital, I would not have got this God's love and mercy. Many people would have this doubt now. We had uh, done so much prayer for him. Now, this is something which we, you and me will always question, which you will always want to know about. She, she just clarifies it in uh, like just this pure crystal clear way. She says, many people would have uh, a doubt now. We have done so much prayer for him. If he was alive, he would have become a great testimony to God. No, even by his death today, I can be a living testimony for him. It's not only that if my husband was alive today, it would have been a testimony. But by his death, also there is a testimony to him. And there you so much uh, of a love which has come. I receive it with uh, so much love and uh, thanks. Uh, being here on earth is not a great thing. To enter into heaven is a great thing. Can you imagine? Um, she must be in her mid-20s. Husband is gone, a uh, so young daughter, a uh, Bansi. Uh, I am from Uttar Pradesh. I've never heard of that town. And a couple comes from Andhra Pradesh and is serving over there. And and then she has uh, now absolutely no one there. And I don't, I don't even know, like, the uh, she's not from a very big mission organization who can actually look after them very well. And all she says is that I know my husband has got a grand reception up there. I'm just waiting to go up there. And she says that I was being prepared by God for these five days in this period of trial. The question to you and me, brothers and sisters, is his, when his power cannot be contested, the question is how long will fear hold you and me to do something bold for the Lord. Peter was in chains. He was sleeping. The church was praying and Peter goes back to the church and the church is still praying. How long will it take for us, Delhi Church? How long will it take for you and me, DBF Central, that we see the work of God happening through us? How long will our inhibitions? How long will our traditionalism, how long will our experiences of the past failures hold us from breaking into the zone of where God wants us to run at the speed of trust? How long? Moving on. This is one of the most interesting parts. Um, this is where you would say, yeah, that makes serves him right. Um, God's punishment cannot be avoided. Uh, Herod uh, is for some reason angry with these two cities of Tyre and Sidon. Now I'm in chapter 12, uh, verse 29, uh, 20th onwards. He, for some reason, he's angry with these two little uh, cities. And uh, uh, on, in verse 21, he says, on an appointed day, Herod put on his royal robes. Uh, in the commentaries, it says he has full, put up a garment of silver and he was shining and, uh, and, and he took his seat upon the throne and delivered an oration to them. And the people were shouting the voice of God and not a man. Now you see, uh, what does it, uh, what does economically dependent people 
what does uh, this sort of tyranny does to economically dependent people? They just uh, turn up in praise and flattering uh, compulsions of false worship. And this is exactly what is happening. And, and Herod seems to enjoy this. Herod is enjoying the violation of uh, the Ten Commandments, first and second law. He's enjoying this violation where he says, where I have become God and they're worshipping another God. And uh, they, he's almost become like an idol for them, power center, and they're worshipping him. And you see what happens immediately in verse 23. Immediately, an angel of the Lord struck him down because he did not give God the glory. And he was eaten by worms and breath his last. Uh, commentators say that uh, he probably died of... Uh, uh, pre-existing condition of uh, whatever it was and he it took for him whole long five uh, painful days to uh, die and all those things well whatever it was uh, this particular moment was of importance where he started giving due weightage to himself and in shining clothes started attesting himself as god and approved of his own worship See, such a variance, Peter and Herod. Peter is sleeping on a day probably when he's going to die next between God, such indignation and such humiliation, but he's at sleep. And here is a man in the middle of pomp and of praise and worship, whatever kind, whatever falls of truth, whatever way. And he's still not at peace within himself and he's dead already. There's a lesson for us uh, as uh, leaders in organizations, particularly in Christian organizations or uh, anywhere else, uh, how much do we uh, strive for personal glory? How much do we enjoy the personal glory? And uh, are our decisions for the organization, are our decisions for the future based on how I would look now in days to come or how I would be remembered? Or is it based on how God wants me to serve? I'm sure Peter, his last day in the jail, if he was even thinking how I would be remembered, probably it would just go out and he was somebody who died in the cell. And probably that news would have never gone out. So that's, that's, a, that's a question, that's a challenge for you and me. It's for even um, parents, uh, for our children, uh, for you and me, because uh, the children, if we do not discipline in the right age, these children will grow up not knowing authority, not knowing obedience, and they will become a menace to the society. And in our old age, we will see our young ones who would have grown up by that time and not, not uh, known to obedience and discipline, doing all sorts of rubbish things in this world and getting disciplined at a, in a, at a very different level. And probably even uh, being uh, recipients of God's wrath, of uh, disobeying God as well. In our jobs, in our workplace, in our schools, this also uh, is a question for you and me. Are we giving into the peer pressure? Are we giving into the cultural pressure? Are we giving into uh, even the pressure which exists around us to follow suit, to make ourselves look accommodative, make ourselves look uh, as as uh, just the right uh, people and probably not the ones who create troubles and problems. I'm not saying that we should always stick out uh, our thumb and say, no, no, this doesn't have to happen this way, this has to happen. I'm just saying, like, what is it God leading you to do? 
if god is calling you to serve him in the midst of affliction and to serve him in the midst of opposition even by the majority i think it's quite clear what we ought to be doing jeremiah 21:5 uh, god warned his own people because he was uh, tired of seeing them all always being rebellious against him and he says god wants his enemy that i myself shall war against you with an outstretched hand and a mighty arm even in anger and wrath and great indignation that means god god uh, god does care about his affections towards his own people and if we keep rejecting that if we keep uh, finding ourselves elevated won't be long before god teaches us the right lesson and probably it's time that uh, we also realize that if it is uh, the question for you and me is if there is anything in you and me today which is not honoring which is not worthy of god's uh, presence god's purity probably it's a time for you to me to do 119 first john chapter 1 verse 9 ask him for forgiveness confess our sins and know that he's just and faithful to forgive us for our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness so you see in uh, the progress of god's kingdom as the road roller keeps growing um, god's kingdom as purposes cannot be frustrated his power cannot be contested and uh, his punishment cannot be avoided today as we finish up this particular understanding uh, this uh, passage we know that uh, god's uh, purposes and his power and his, even his uh, punishment which cannot be avoided have cleared a way to see the glimpse of what uh, john saw in revelation verse 7 he says that after this i looked uh, in john uh, in revelation chapter 7 in verse 9 he says after this i looked and behold a great multitude that no what could number from every nation from all tribes and people and languages standing before the throne and before the lambs clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice salvation belongs to our god who sits on the throne and to the lamb of jesus christ are you and me going to be instruments of his power are you and me going to fulfill his purposes or are you and me going to be the stubborn stubble which will be flattened probably it's time that we look into uh, god's uh, uh, direction and uh, know that his purposes his power and his punishment is assured and we be conduit of seeing his kingdom grow and we be conduit of seeing this particular vision which john saw happen one day revelation 717 says for the lamb in the midst of the throne will be the shepherd and he will guide them to springs of living water and god will wipe away every tear from their eyes reign in me lord reign in me Heavenly Father, thank you for today's word. Thank you that we know that your purposes cannot be frustrated, and your punishment cannot be avoided, and your power cannot be contested. Lord, I pray that as we meditate on these words, as we meditate on the uh, the word which you have given to us, we may. 
be able to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and follow and do likewisely. Anything which limits us from doing that, Lord, give us the courage and boldness to come out of it. It could be uh, just the cultural setting. It could be just the past experience. It could be just the fear of the unknown. Lord, I pray with today's word, we may grow a bit more taller in the faith growth, in the faith maturity you called us for. I pray for uh, DBF Central Congregation, Lord. I pray for uh, other, other friends who are joining us. I pray for our families. And as always, uh, Lord, we pray for complete protection and, of course, healing. But more than that, that, Lord, we pray that when we come into situations of being into prisons, when we come into situations of being bound, when we come into situations of uh, just saying, that this is it, no more beyond this, we may still be sleeping in your bosom. We may still be sleeping and finding peace that I am in the middle of your mission, however crazy it looks, however unknown it looks, however dark it looks, but it is yours, Lord, and it is given to me as my mission in my life, and I will sleep in the eye of the storm as well. Father, I pray that we may have repentant hearts, we may uh, always examine ourselves, we may always say that we are worthy by the blood of Lord Jesus Christ to be in your presence, and nothing which I will do uh, will uh, make me unworthy of coming into your presence. We may come off with the repentance time and again. And Lord, I also pray that we may be the ones who would completely, continuously fulfill your purposes through my life. I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Now may the grace of Lord Jesus Christ, the love of Heavenly Father, and the fellowship of the Holy